Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Judges, chapter 14, so grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. I met so many people and talk to so many Christians who have married unbelievers, and if they could sit down and share with you, they would change your mind about so much as dating someone. I can't tell you the, 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 the horror, the devastation, the destruction, the headache, the heartache that, that has been brought into their lives. So you need to wait. Just wait on the Lord. You know, and, and, and God will bring them. God will bring them to you. God will supernaturally bring them to you. And, and because Samson didn't wait on the Lord, Samson was driven by his eyes. He married an unbeliever, and it was destruction. Notice in verse 3, Then his father and his mother said to him, Is there no woman among the daughters of your brethren or among all my people that you must go and get a wife from the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said to his father, get her for me. Or I ain't trying to hear that. Get her for me, for she pleases me well. In the Hebrew, it reads, she is right for my eyes. See, it's all about his eyes. It's all about what he sees. I see it, I want it. This is the story of his life. But his father, in verse 4, and his mother did not know. This is fascinating, interesting verse. Did not know that it was the Lord that he was seeking an occasion to move against the Philistines. Hmm. For at that time, the Philistines had dominion over Israel. And so Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother, came to the vineyards of Timnah. Now, to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him. Now, notice, stop right there. Give me your attention. Notice his mom and his dad gives him some wonderful, good, godly advice. And they said, Samson, isn't there a woman of your own people? Do you have to take a Philistine? In other words, Samson, she is not right for you. Can't you find another woman? Can't you find a woman who loves God? Can't you find a woman among your own people? And they pleaded with him. And so the Bible says that Samson went down, but he didn't go down only because he looked at a woman. He went down because also, listen, He went down because he didn't listen to his parents. Okay, so now we need to talk to the kids. It's important. Hey, the big kids too, okay? The Bible is very, very, very clear. When you honor your parents, you are honoring God. When you disrespect your parents, you're disrespecting God. 
And even as big kids, if you have parents who are alive, you're expected to honor your parents. I think we think once you get 18, then you don't have to honor your parents anymore. And that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says children in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1, if you're taking notes, write it down, look it up your own time. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Colossians chapter 3, verse 20, children, obey your parents in all things, for this is well-pleasing to the Lord. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 through 3, honor your father and mother that it may be well with you and you may live long on the earth. And people who don't honor their parents cannot be blessed. Did you know that? You cannot be blessed when you don't honor your parents. Whether you're young or old, God expects us to honor our parents. Kids, honor your mother and father. Even if you don't agree with them, honor your mother and father. Because when you honor your mother and father, you're honoring God. And when you honor God, you guessed it, God will honor you. You know, I'm amazed at the level of disrespect in our country today for for children and their parents. I am amazed. I'm amazed at how I hear children speak to their parents. I am amazed. That would not happen if Gertrude was your parent. And my mother's name is Gertrude. And she didn't have that. She just didn't have that. Whatever happened in causing your kids to respect you. Causing that, granted, you need to be respectable. But the Bible's very clear. When you honor your parents, God will honor you. And so uh, Samson's mom and dad is saying to Samson, look, this woman is not right. And, and, and as a dad, I know how that is because when my kids, you, you know, used to bring home a guy, I can look at him and tell. They come walk through my front door. I look at him, turn around, go right back out. No, no, no. But dad, you didn't even get to know him. That's right. I don't want to know them. That is correct. They're not right. I can tell. Dads know. Don't, don't we dads? We know. It's just something. Of, I don't know what it is. It's, it's dad spiritual insight. I mean, it, it's in the Bible. And, and you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's somewhere in the, in, the, in the Bible. But it's a dad deal. I mean, dads, we know when that guy is not good for you. And how many times, don't ask my kids, but how many times have I said, no, 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 no. Now, if I like them, let me tell you a little something, okay? If I like them, and I think they might possibly work out, then, then I have them over for pizza, dinner, okay? And pizza dinner means I'm having you for dinner, Okay? <laughs> That just means I'm going to sit you down. We got to look across the table. I got to check you out. You know, it's not about your family. It's not about your mom, your dad, your money, your education, nothing like that. What I want to know is where are you at with the Lord? That's all I want to know. And, 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 and I want to help you. I want to help my kids in this way. And so you can see that. The mom and the dad, and this is very clear. Samson, you don't need to be taking people, taking a wife from, from a people that, that God would not have you to. His mom and his dad, they knew that. And so notice, go on in verse 6 
through nine. Look at this. So he so he gets down there. He went down to Timnah in verse five. We got to point this out. And and his father and his mother, they came to the vineyards of Timnah. And notice at the end of verse five. And to his surprise, a young lion came roaring against him. Did you see that? A young lion came roaring against him. Now, don't think that this is like a, 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 Simna, a Simba from the Lion King. This is a young lion that is in the prime of his life. This is a lion that is dangerous and deadly beast. Now, when you look up lion in the scripture, you find in 1 Peter chapter 5, the Bible says to be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about as a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. So here Samson finds himself in an area where he's not supposed to be. And what's the first thing he runs into? A lion, which in type is like Satan. Now notice in verse 6, And the Spirit of the Lord came upon him, and he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat. In other words, there was nothing to it. Though he had nothing in his hand. But he did not tell his father or his mother what he had done. And then he went down and he talked with the woman and she pleased Samson well. After some time when he returned to get her, he turned aside, notice, to see the carcass of the lion. And behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of the lion. And he took some of it in his hands and he went along eating. And when he came to, the fa- to his father and his mother, he gave some to them and they also ate. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. Notice that. So he gets to Timnah. He finds this young lion. And the Bible says, the spirit of the Lord came upon Samson and Samson tore the lion limb from limb. The spirit came upon him. In Matthew chapter three, we talked about this some time ago. The spirit of God, you know, came upon Jesus when he came up out of the waters of baptism. And the Bible says that he was empowered by the spirit. The very next chapter in Matthew chapter four, Jesus is tempted by the roaring lion Satan, and as you remember, he was tempted to beat back, tempted by the devil, and he beat back the devil with the words, it is written, it is written, it is written, as Satan tempted him three times. So the Bible's clear that Jesus overcame Satan, but the previous chapter from Matthew chapter 4 lets us know that when he came out the waters of baptism, the Spirit of God had also come upon him. So that tells us that Samson defeated, tore this lion limb from limb because the Spirit came upon him, and Jesus did his earthly ministry because the Spirit came upon him. And that tells us that if we're going to be effective for the Lord at all, the Spirit of God has got to come upon you. Amen, saints? Very important. You know, the Spirit of God, you cannot live without the Spirit of God. You can't overcome the enemy unless you do it through the power of the Spirit of God coming upon you. I was talking to a brother Monday And Sunday was awesome. God saved so many people. Would you clap your hands for the Lord? Would you? 
Thank you, Lord. God saved so many. It was awesome, awesome, awesome. So I wound up getting this brother on the phone who had given his life to Christ. And he, he tells a funny story. He says that, you know, when he first came to church Sunday, he said, Pastor, I got I to gotta tell you. He said, I didn't even want to be in church. He said, I didn't want to come. He said, I was ill. Well, I, I don't know if he's here tonight, but he said, I was ill when I came to church, meaning he was in a really bad mood. Didn't want to be here, he said. So he came in, the church was packed. And it was, I mean, it was packed, wall-to-wall people. And then he said, you know, while, you, while the Katinas were singing, he said, this guy was standing next to me, and people were standing so close to me, and this guy was worshiping the Lord, and all I could think about is punching the guy in the face. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Remind me to note the self, be his friend. And... <laughs> He said, the the guy worshiping was just bugging him. And he said, I I just want to punch the guy in the face, he said. He said, and then they kept singing. He said, and then you got up and preached. And God just really, he said, God just began to touch my heart. And he said, and then you gave an altar call. And when you were talking about getting saved and giving your life to Christ, he said, I felt like I wanted to, but, but I didn't. Like a good angel was on my right shoulder and a bad angel was on my left shoulder and saying, yeah, you should become a Christian. No, you shouldn't. Yes, you should. Give your life to Christ now. No, you shouldn't. And he said he went back and forth and back and forth. And then he said, when I see, he said, and then I found myself standing and I didn't even know why. He said, you said, stand up if you want to become a Christian. And he said, and I stood up and I didn't really, really know why I just did. Because I knew I needed to, but I really didn't want to. I remember when I got saved and the pastor said, come down the aisle. And I remember coming down that aisle and I didn't really know why. I didn't get it. I just knew I needed to. Did I know I wanted to? Not not really, but you know what I'm saying? It's like the spirit of God was just drawing this guy. Just, just like he did me, just like he did you. And he said, and I stood up and he said, and I, and he said, and I received Christ in my heart. And then he said, and, and, and then I, he said, and then I, did, I was afraid to leave church. He said, I felt so good. And, and I was afraid to leave church, he said, because I didn't want to go back out there and do all the bad stuff. He said, Pastor, I'm bad. I am bad. I am really, really, I'm the worst sinner, Pastor. I'm the worst. I said, no, you're not. I said, no, man, you don't understand. You are worse than you think. And he, he said, I am? I said, yeah, oh, you're bad, man. You're worse than you ever could think. He goes, really? Well, I'm not that bad. I went, yes, you are. Yes, you are. You're so bad. Man, you're worse than you think. And see, God knows what he was thinking. He's so bad in doing all these things. And he was afraid to go back out because he felt like he'd be drawn back into those things. And I began to share with him that you cannot live this life as a Christian. And God does not require you to live the life of a Christian. Did you know that? God does not say, I want you to live your life as a Christian. Mom, God doesn't ask us to be a Christian. He doesn't say, I want you to live your life as a Christian. He says, I want to live it through you. I want to live it through. I want the spirit of God to come upon you and in you and work through you. I want to do it. I don't want you to do it because if you do it, you'll brag that you did it. I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I know I'm bad. I'm bad. I'm a Christian. I got it going on. No, you don't. 
You see? And you'll brag about it. God says, no, I don't want you to be. I want to do it through you. And I began to share with him that God wants to do it through you. And you don't have to worry because greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. It's not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. God wants to work in you. And God wants to work through you. You don't have to do it. And he began to understand that. And I began to share some more things with him about how to walk in this life as a Christian. You see, I'm just simply saying this in the time that the lion is roaring in your life and then you're troubled in your test and in your trial, then then you should call upon the Lord. The spirit of God come upon you. That's what I was sharing with him. I said, you know what? When you feel tested and tempted and you're going to go, you think you're going to go out there and do something, then what you should do is just stop. I said, stop, take five minutes and pray. That's all. I'm not even telling you right now. I'm not even telling you don't go do it. That's not what I'm saying. Although I wouldn't recommend it, but that's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying take five minutes and just pray. Say, God, if you're God and you're powerful, then help me, God. Help me, God. I need your help, God. Just say that. That's all. That's all. And then say amen. I said, I guarantee you won't go do it. Because the spirit of God lives in you to work through you. And if you take the time to ask him, he'll help you. This Christian deal is not that difficult. People make it harder than it is. You see, and the spirit of God came upon Samson. What an awesome thing. Look at verse 10. Saints, if you're there, say amen. Amen. And so his father went down to the woman and Samson gave a feast. And that word feast translates in Hebrew to uh, to drink, not food. Could be, but drink in this case. Okay, important for you to know. You'll know in a second. So Samson gave a feast. Therefore, a young man who used to, therefore, young men used to do so. And it happened in verse 11, when they saw him, that they brought 30 companions to be with him. Then Samson said to them, let me pose a riddle to you. If you can correctly solve and explain to me within seven days of the feast, then I will give you 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothing. But if you cannot explain it to me, then you shall give me 30 linen garments and 30 changes of clothing. And they said to him, pose your riddle that we may hear it. And so he said to them in verse 14, Out of the eater came something to eat, and out of the strong came something sweet. Now, for three days, they could not explain the riddle. Now, that's interesting. Just quickly, stop right there. They're having this party, according to, important to note, Philistine customs. This is a Philistine party and not an Israeli party. And they made a feast. Now, this word feast, as I said, could be translated to drink. And so Samson, who isn't supposed to be around strong drink, is is feasting and they've got plenty of drink there. People are getting drunk. It is likely that he also was getting drunk. It appears Samson is clueless about the call of God upon his life right now. And he says, let's play a game. Guess my riddle. And if you guess, I'll give you 30 changes of clothing. But if you can't guess, you give me 30 changes of clothes. And they said, go for it. And for three days, these guys tried to figure it out and they couldn't notice in verse 15. But it came to pass on the seventh day that they said to Samson's wife, entice your husband that they may explain that he may explain the riddle to us or else we'll burn you and your father's house with fire. Man, that's a bit over the top, isn't it? Have you invited us in order to take what is ours? Is that not so? 
And then Samson's wife wept on him. And she said, you only hate me. You don't love me. Oh, no, here it comes. You have posed a riddle to the sons of my people, but you have not explained it to me. And he said to her, look, I'm not even explaining it to my mom or my dad. So should I explain it to you? He must not want to be married long, talking to her like that. Now she had wept on him seven days while their feast lasted. And it happened on the 17th day that he told her because she pressed him so much. Then she explained the riddle to the sons of her people. So the men of the city said to him on the seventh day before the sun went down, what is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? And he said to them, if you had not plowed with my heifer, you would not have solved my riddle. And then the spirit of the Lord came upon. (laughs) Did y'all get that? He just called his wife a cow. Okay. (laughs) This is the Rodney one, one version. All right. He just called his wife a cow. Oh, that's heavy. If you had not plowed with my heifer, that's gotta be one of the funniest verses in the Bible. If you had not plowed with my, my, You would not have solved my riddle. Then the spirit of the Lord came upon him mightily and he went down to Ashkelon and killed 30 of their men and took their apparel and gave the changes of clothing to those who had explained the riddle. So his anger was aroused and he went back up to his father's house and Samson's wife was given to his companion who had been his best man. Now, before you close your Bible on the seventh day, they said to Samson's wife, entice your husband, get the answers or we'll burn you and your father. So, so she went to Samson and she said, listen, you know, you haven't told me your riddle. And he says, I hadn't even told my mom and my dad. You think I'm going to tell you? And, 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 and fellas, you probably understand this. Seven days of nagging. Now, ladies, this is in the Bible, so don't get upset. All right. Moaning. Whining, crying every single day. And then say amen, fellas. Um, Oh, none of the guys are saying amen, all right? I see, I see. I see your wife got an elbow. You better not say a word. Um, And so finally he gave in and he told her. And and she immediately told them, the men of the city came back to uh, Samson and number one answer, what is sweeter than honey and what is stronger than a lion? Immediately, Samson's face turned red and rage flowed through him like water because he knew that his wife had betrayed him. And Samson leaves his wife standing at the altar and his father is humiliated. Her father's humiliated, embarrassed. And did you notice that? This is kind of like a Jerry Springer moment, you know. Did you notice that? The dad says, you know what? I'm just going to give you to marry his best friend, you know, the, the best man. And she marries the best man. And so Samson, Samson. What an interesting character study. We don't have the time, but quickly, if you would just write this down, go meditate on it in your own time. You know, in, in, this, in this chapter, you can see three areas. And what I want to tell you tonight is that there's three areas of which Satan will seek to distract you. The Bible says we are not ignorant of his devices. We, we know 
the, the, the Satan reaches into his bag of tricks and he pulls out nothing new. We know his devices and we understand them based on the scriptures. And here we have three areas in which Satan attacks and distracts Christians. Number one, it distracts Samson. Number one, Satan will use lust to distract you. You see, Satan will, will, will use lust. He tapped into the natural desire for women with, with Samson to keep him from being consecrated to God. It was Billy Graham who said, don't touch the glory, the gold, or the girls. And I like that. Satan will use lust to distract you. Satan will use pride to distract you. You see, Samson's among the enemies arrogantly playing games and riddles. What's up with that? And the Bible says pride goes before destruction in Proverbs chapter 16. And then lastly, Satan will use apathy to distract us. Did you see that? Satan distracted Samson because, and he was apathetic about the call of God on his life. Apathy. And the writer of Hebrews in chapter 5 tells us that we're not to be apathetic. That we're not to be dull of hearing. That word dull in the Greek language is nothros. Really easy to spell. N-O-T-H-R-O-S. Nothros. It means no. And thros means push. And how many Christians do you know that have no push? No desire for things of God. No desire to grow. No desire for milk, meat, manna. No desire to move on and to go ahead and to grow ahead in their faith. How many Christians are in an arrested state of spiritual development? Many. How sad it is. And Satan uses uses apathy against believers to cause you to be apathetic. And may it never be so that we as Christians are apathetic. You got to keep growing, saints. And you got to grow ahead and you got to go ahead in your walk with the Lord. The only way to do that is through this, the Bible, the word of God. Let it transform your mind. Don't be conformed to the world. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Amen. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light. Let me be a salt.